morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. It's Thursday morning, September 2nd. So glad to have you along as we continue studying and looking into the Bible day by day. We've been talking about the benefits of being in the word of God. And we're in a series here where, we're, where I'm asking the question, why don't we get into the word more often? The promises from God Almighty are amazing. People spend tons of money to go to a university and, and in the tours that universities give beforehand, they, they say, you know, you can play here. We got this recreation facility. We got so many graduates here. It's such job placement. I don't know of any who give absolute guarantees that if you come here, we guarantee your success. We guarantee something. But God himself promises. He gives us promises about his word. Now, not all of them are fulfilled in quite the same time frame that we might like. But remember, God's promises always come true, always come true. And so this morning, we want to continue with this theme. What are some of God's promises or what are, God's, what are the benefits of being in the Word of God? Later in this series, we'll look at how to get into the Word of God and some of the attitudes we should be having, but we're focusing now on benefits. 1 John chapter 2, verse 14, I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I have written you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. I don't know if you noticed a little common theme here. Two days ago, we talked about strength. We talked about how if, you, if you've got the word of God abiding in you, if you're dwelling, meditating on the word day and night, Psalm 1 says you'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. And I brought out how these trees, big trees by water, they're so strong. It's like nothing can knock them over. This is a different strength because this is a strength that is, is, is on the attack, I believe. Whereas the trees, the trees are, you know, nothing can attack them and knock them over. This is we are overcoming the evil one. We are overcoming the evil one. And I'd like to talk just a little bit about this subject today. Number one, adversaries should be expected. You know, somehow I think as Christians, we, we get surprised when, when we have adversity. We get surprised when people don't see things the way we do. We get surprised when people don't want to follow God, when they don't want to be righteous. You know, the Bible teaches that we have a spiritual adversary. And it teaches in 1 John 5, the whole world lies in his power. And there is a conflict between the kingdom of God and the world. The kingdom of God, where God rules, and the world, the world system, where Satan rules. Okay? Now, I believe that God's, that, that this is not, the kingdom of God isn't going to just show up at the second coming of Christ. I think that's where it will ultimately prevail. But in the meantime, there is a struggle going on. And the struggle, the kingdom can be growing right here and is growing and is meant to grow. At times, like in any battle, any war, there are setbacks to, the, to one side or the other. Setbacks don't mean that you're going to lose the ultimate war. But it might mean that for a period of time, the other, the other side seems to have 
the upper hand. You study any wars and this is what you see. Rarely does one side have the upper hand all the time. It, uh, whether it's war, whether it's a game, a football game, something like this, there's back and forth. Keep that perspective. I want to encourage you that in our day right now, it seems like some of the things we believe in, we're, we're, we're experiencing defeats. The other side has the upper hand. But remember, momentum changes. Like in a game, like in a war, momentum can change. Don't panic. Don't be surprised at your adversaries. Don't be surprised they show up. Don't be surprised there's, there's opposition to the gospel. There's opposition to God's truth. There's opposition to what's good and right and true. Don't be surprised at this. We have an adversary, and he's deceived the world. And many, many, many people are following on that path of destruction. Don't be surprised if they feel emboldened in wanting to advance their ways. But secondly, we're to overcome them. We're to overcome them. And here in 1 John 2, 14, I've written you young men because you're strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Now, they, they lived in a time of persecution. We can overcome even in the midst of persecution. We can overcome even when it seems the other side has the upper hand. I, I know on campus so many times I've, I've faced spiritual battle. I, I'm in a truth battle out on campus. I'm standing for what's true, and I'm often facing opposition of people who come against me with, you know, with the, the lies of the, of the world and of secularism and of atheism and so forth. And, and there's a battle there. It's, it's, I often feel like, uh, you know, um, uh, Elijah out on Mount Carmel, you know, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of God standing against one another. Who's going to prevail? Well, often they get in some, you know, throughout an afternoon, they may get in some good licks. Often they may, they may uh, uh, seem like they've got some momentum. But in the end, we prevail. In the end, we overcome. We fight the fight. And we fight the truth, not with a sword, not with a, uh, we, we fight with the sword of the spirit, not with our fists, our weapons, our righteousness, prayer, love, faith, the truth of God. Now, not everybody will receive the truth of God. Don't let that surprise you. Some people will reject the truth of God uh, uh, for whatever reason. Don't let that surprise you. When we faithfully know the truth of God, it's abiding in our lives. We are living consistent with it. We are overcomers. No matter what circumstances, no matter what around us, no matter what other people believe or think, you can be an overcomer. And the more of us who are overcoming, the greater the, the, that victory becomes, obviously, uh, more pre uh, prevails even further. That's who we are, my brothers and sisters. We're to be strong. The Word of God is to abide in us. And what does that mean? It means it dwells in us. It remains in us. It lives in us. I want to encourage you to make sure that you're allowing the Word of God to remain in you. It's really easy to hear a sermon and forget all about it. It's really easy to read our Bible, close the book, walk away, and forget what we read. That's what James talks about in James 1. It can be like a, like a, a person who goes to the mirror in the, in the morning. They look at what they see in that mirror, and, they, and uh, they say, ugh. But then they walk away and don't do anything. No. What should we do? We look in the mirror. We make some corrections. We change some things. We 
we, we should uh, look a little bit better after having stood before the mirror for a while and walked away than we did when we, we arrived there. Well, likewise in the Word of God. We don't just walk away and forget. We, don't, we, we look intently at the Word of God. And then we make some adjustments. We, we, we change some attitudes. We change some behaviors. And when we walk away from our time in the Word, we remember it and, it, and we are a different person. To me, it helps to write things down. I, I always take notes when I'm at church. Whenever I'm hearing a sermon, I take notes. To be honest, even if I don't even read them again, just the, the very act of taking the notes helps me concentrate, helps me focus, helps me remember. And, um, and so I, I take notes. A uh, number of years ago, I started the practice of journaling. It's been very, very, very helpful to me to remember. Um, I write my daily email. And the process of taking a verse and, and writing about it, or these daily times when I speak about it, helps me remember. I want to encourage you, let the Word of God dwell in you. Don't let it come in and then go right back out. Let it stay. Let it find a home in your heart. Let it get down into your innermost being. Remember what you read and allow it to, allow it to stick. Pray over it as we do here. These are things that can help the Word stay in your heart. And this is very, very important. And then finally, I want to just mention that this, this passage speaks specifically, today's passage, 1 John 2.14, speaks specifically to young men. Now, strength is important for everybody. Proverbs 31 talks about the, the Proverbs 31 woman, strength and dignity are her clothing. So strength is important for women as men. And, and many, many women, strong women, have, have had a mighty impact on churches. They've held families together. They've, they've held nations together. But this speaks specifically to men and young men. Young men. And we live in a world where young men ha are having trouble finding their identity. What's it mean to be a man? They're so confused by feminism. And, and the, we live in this uh, day that you know, women have been told you could do anything. Guys, you figure it out and we'll leave you to your video games. And can I say what is needed in our church today and what we should be praying for? Young men, young men who will reject passivity, young men who will reject uh, uh, laziness, young men who will rise up and be warriors for truth, for righteousness, for the gospel, for the kingdom. Young men who will rise, will learn their role of, as being a protector, of being one who is to, to stand firm, stand strong, and to protect those in his sphere, in his world, to protect those in his charge. Um, if you have young men in your family or young grandsons in your family, encourage them, strengthen them. Don't assume. In our culture today, we assume men can figure it all out on themselves. More and more, we're, we, our schools, they give all kinds of vision to women. You can be this. You can be that. Guys, figure it out on your own. They assume they need no help. Guys need encouragement. They need strength. I can still remember my own life. I still remember the, 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 the day, the moment, the place I was when a, a man I looked up to, he's not about 10 years older than me, and he was discipling me. And he expressed confidence in me and my leadership abilities. And I still remember that day, it changed the course of my life. Speak to our young men. Encourage our young men. Don't just reprove them, get up off the couch and get to work, but encourage them. 
Remind them what they can do. They need that. They need, they need, and the word of God in them can give them vision to become, maybe they'll be a, a giant slayer like a Daniel. Maybe they'll be a prophet slayer like Elijah. Maybe they'll be a, a deliverer like Midian. Maybe they'll be a, someone like a Moses. Maybe they'll be like a disciple of Jesus. Maybe they'll be a world changer. Who knows? Like Paul. But our young men need this, and the church needs this. And so many of them have not been given much vision. And they, in our world today, rather than the physical activity they need, it's so easy to be, you know, sitting on a couch, playing their video games. And can I warn you, parents, I don't know if you realize this, but if they're spending a a lot of time watching video games, you can be pretty sure that that, uh, pornography is popping up in there and, and alluring them into that as well. And it's destroying them. It's destroying them. Help them be active. Help them to help them to do things, but they need to have a vision. Our young men can be strong. There's a battle to be fought, and we need warriors. Young men, I've write, I'm writing you young men because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. This is what we need in our young men today. One final word, if I may say. I know God gives strength to the weak. And I often hear people talk about how weak they are. And, I, and, and that's, I, I know it's a sign of humility. I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak. But Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. And I want to encourage you. We need strong people. We don't need people telling us how weak they are. We need people affirming, declaring how strong I am in the Lord, how strong I am because of God's word. And, and I, sometimes we say things and, and they become self-fulfilling prophecies. And uh, so I don't mind you saying, you know, I'm weak. God chooses the weak things. Yes, he's chosen you as a weak person, but he doesn't leave you that way. Can I say it again? He chooses the weak, but he doesn't, he doesn't leave them like that. He makes them mighty. He makes them strong. He gives them grace that's sufficient so that the power of God is now what is seen. Not the weakness of the man, but the power of God. I pray that when, I know what, I know I'm a weak man, but I pray that when people see me, they don't, they don't see my weakness and I don't remind them of my weakness. I pray what they see is the power of God. And I pray that for you as well. And I pray that for our young men as well. This is what we need. We need people say, and and God, I'm strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. The power of God dwells in me. The word of God dwells in me. I've become invincible. Because God, the Almighty, the creator of the universe, has made me his dwelling place. He's gifted me. He's given me every spiritual blessing. He's given me his Holy Spirit. He's given me his truth. Brothers and sisters, you and I are invincible because of that. Stronger than any two-edged sword. Stronger than any ruler or kingdom. We are invincible because of the God who dwells in us and the truth that has made us strong, the truth of his word. We are overcomers. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you that though we face adversaries and we, we're, we don't want to be surprised at them, we expect them. And though we face these adversaries, we thank you that you have made us overcomers because the word of God dwells in us. The spirit of God dwells in us. Oh, Father, today, I pray that we would walk in your victory. I pray we would truly believe that in Christ we can do all things 
In Christ, we are overcomers. In Christ, we're led to your victory. In Christ, we are winners. In Christ, we become invincible. Lord, you have chosen the weak to make them strong. You've chosen us to make us strong and mighty men and women of God, and I pray for that. I pray today particularly, Lord, for young men. Oh, Lord, our church needs them. Our churches need them. Raise up young men who are overcomers. Raise up young men who overcome lust and the pornography epidemic. Raise up young men who overcome the lust for power and money. Raise up young men who are given to being lover, love, godly lovers and protectors, providers. Raise up young men who are courageous. Raise up young men who will be like slayers of giants as did David. Raise up young men who will make a difference in our world. Oh, Father, we're in spiritual battle. We're in spiritual battle. We thank you for many of our own sons and grandsons. Raise them up. Make them mighty. Might the word of God dwell richly within them, and might they be overcomers. I pray this for all of us, Lord, today, this very day, every one of us. We would be mighty in the Lord. We, our light would shine brightly. Our, our courage would be known. Oh, Father, we need this. We live in troubling times. We thank you for those victories we discussed yesterday with the abortion uh, in, in Texas. Uh, and, and, and Lord, uh, it seems like the other side, they are so angry about this, fighting back. There will be much, much disinformation, much, much uh, fear, fear-mongering will come forth. I pray, O oh Father, help those legislators and those involved in the courts to remain strong and reward them for their stand for what's right, we pray. Reward them. Help them stand strong against media attacks and help them stand strong against uh, the, the backlash of, of the uh, political elites. Make them strong, we pray. And we ask for the Lord, we pray for the day that abortion in our country would be illegal that Roe would be overturned. In this case that obviously will end up at the Supreme Court, we pray Roe versus Wade would be overturned in our land. We pray for victories. Lord, expose the wicked in our land. Expose the wicked. We pray for revival, that the people, the people of our land, there's still power with the people, Lord. Help us never doubt that. We pray the people would turn to you and turn to what's right. We need your power, Father. We need your protection, we need a spiritual awakening and a revival in your church, amongst your people, and in the land. Be with us, we pray. Give us the courage we need and the light we need and the wisdom and the faith and the love to build your kingdom right now, right here. We pray these things and give you praise and blessing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me. God bless you. Do you know some young men who may need to hear this? Do you know a young man who may, or a parent or a grandparent who might need to hear this? Pass this on. Copy the link in the, in the uh, YouTube here. Copy it. Send it to him. Say, boy, you know, Tom Short gave a message today. for Talked about young men. I think this would be worth you hearing or just thought it would encourage you. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notify button, share with your friends. Let's build this channel because we need a mighty army raised up of people who will be mighty in the word of God, mighty for truth, mighty for righteousness, mighty in the gospel, because in this spiritual battle, we want to prevail. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You have a great day.
Walk with the Lord. Let his word dwell within you. And we'll see you tomorrow morning.